0: Is it too hot inside? You shall keep a little. D- Is it too stuffy or not? You keep the window or something a little bit open. D- d- it's hot inside and very cold outside. So oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> you can open the door for two seconds, maybe a little fresh. <laughs> so I can start, Bhajananda? Yes, I'm going to. The nectar of the words is the life for those who are scorched by the world. The words which have been uttered by the knowers of truth, which wipe out sins, the very hearing of which is beneficial, which are beautiful, pleasing to the ears, pleasing to the hearts, which are inexhaustible, those who recount them on the earth are give the givers of plenty. Om Shanti 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 Peace, 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 Peace going to Tonight is our first satsang in Kali Mandir. I shall be here four weeks, so three more Saturdays I shall be here. And of course, on the 24th there will be a lecture in Hollywood, I shall speak in Hollywood on 24th, and the 3rd of March in Costa Mesa Yoga Centre. <coughs> Tonight I shall talk to you about shami Sarodananda, this is his 150th anniversary and in commemoration of that they published this book and I wrote a long article, shami in the memory of some monks and devotees. He is the author of the Ramakrishna and Jivayan play, the biography of Sri Ramakrishna. And Swami, he came to America, stayed 2 years, 1896, 1895, no, 96 97, and then he returned to India and became the general secretary of the whole Ramakrishna Order. Great form. Memory. The person we love, we keep that person in our memory. Memory becomes very sharp, visible, tangible, if we love that person. And if we don't, memory becomes very shallow. It passes over the mind very fast. So, some people lived with Sharadananda and recorded their memoirs, which I am going to tell you. How it works? Mudushudan Sharaswati wrote a book called *Bhokti Roshayana, the chemistry of love. How? Perhaps you have seen paraffin which makes candle. Paraffin is very white, transparent. I went to a candle factory in Portland, I saw how they make the candles, if they put a the big cauldron, liquid paraffin, they put yellow color or green color or red color, then when they make the candles, you all you see all candles are the same color. The color you will have to be added with that paraffin. So in these, this mystic says, so human mind can be tinsed with the particular color which you want. If you want white color, yellow color, which color do you want? You can color your mind that way. If you want a spiritual color, there is a method, worldly color, there is a method. That we shall see, that how to color the mind. We have not seen Sri Ramakrishna's, Sri Ramakrishna Jare's disciples. But we met the disciples of Sri Krishna's disciples. At least I met two persons who met Sri Krishna. And I met many people who were the disciples of Holy Mother, Swami Vivekananda. You see, I started to visit monastery when I was fourteen years old, from 1950. So I knew these monks and they used to tell us the stories of the olden days and the dharajjis and all these things. It is fascinating. That is the reason I, my two books are coming. One is Stories of the Old Monks of the Ramakrishna Order. I gave a series of talks last summer and others previously also. So anyhow, so we shall talk about this Swami. He said Sri Ramakrishna was suffering from cancer, it was 1885 in Calcutta, the disembodities brought him for treatment and Sarodhananda was nursing him, seeing him he said, I must teach you how to meditate, come on, sit down, very sick, bedridden, Sri Ramakrishna sat and was teaching how to meditate, I shall read that passage to you which I translated. One day the master showed a young disciple, means Sarodarantho, postures and gestures that are appropriate for meditation on God with form and without form. Seated in the lotus position, the master placed the back of his right hand on the palm of his left hand and then raised both to the chest level. This is the way. This is the way. With his eyes closed, he said, this is the best posture for all kinds of meditation on God with form. Then seated in the same position, he placed the right hand and left hand's palms upward on his right and left knees respectively and brought the tips of the thumb and the index finger on each hand together, keeping the other fingers straight. This is the way on the onion both knees, this is the way, this is the way he taught how to meditate on the god without (coughs) form. Keeping the other fingers straight, fixing the gaze between the eyebrows, he said, this is an excellent posture for meditation on the formless god. As he said that the master went into samadhi. He soon forced his mind back to the normal plane of consciousness and continued, I could not show you more. As soon as I sit in the position, my mind is stimulated and become absorbed in samadhi, making an air current move upward and hit the wound in my throat. That is why the doctor advised me to avoid going into samadhi. The young disciple said humbly, Sir, why did you show me this, this te- those techniques? I did not ask you to. The master replied, That is true, but it is hard for me to remain quiet and refrain from teaching and demonstrating some spiritual techniques to you all. The young disciple was touched by the master's infinite compassion and amazed to his natural inclination towards samadhi. A real guru wants to teach his disciple all the techniques, all the pitfalls of his spiritual life. The surrounding, where the Lila Prashanga was written, do you know what is scripture? The life of a avatar and his teachings. What is Christianity? Bible. What is in the Bible? Jesus' life and his teachings. That is Christian scripture. Quran, Muslim scripture. Tripitaka, Buddhist scripture. So you see a book contains the sayings and the avatars or a rishi and their teachings. That is the way scriptures are formed. What is our Hindu Vedanta is Hindu scripture? We have many scriptures. But what is Ramakrishna's scripture? Ramakrishna's scripture is Ramakrishna's life. That is Lila Prashango, Sharodhana on the road and Gospel of Ramakrishna. Life and teachings, <coughs> very interesting. So Saradananda wrote this scripture in Calcutta from 1909 to 1919, it took 10 years to complete that biography, actually it is not a complete biography, it was a very small room, just at the entrance of Calcutta. Holy Mother's house, nine feet by nine feet, that's a small room, and he would consider himself as the gatekeeper of the Holy Mother. So, were the monks who could not adjust with other places, shami Sarodarananda would give shelter to them, and they were making some noise. So Gulapma was scolding the young monks, he is doing such a serious work and you boys are shouting and yelling, Shamish Haradharanda told Gulapma, mother sachented. Gulapma, don't scold them. It is the nature of the young boys to talk and loudly. I told my mind not to hear. My mind my, my ears listen to me. This is a sign of a yogi. Full control over the senses. So what they're talking, I don't listen. Sometimes we visualize. <coughs> How do I visualize? Think of that Udbodhan mother's room. Mother is facing north when she does the puja. Right side is the shrine. And just below that, Sharadananda is writing the Lila Prashanga facing the west, that is Ganges. So, as if Holy Mother is worshipping Sri Ramakrishna in the upper floor, and he was worshipping Ramakrishna through words downstairs. Just, it is really, you know, if you really deeply think that what is going on, you can visualize that scene. How did he write this Lila Prashanga? The eyewitnesses account. I made that Swami, Swami Bhumananda. Look what he wrote. It is not easy to write Sri Ramakrishna's biography, Vivekananda did not dare it. Listen, Swami Bhumananda reminiscences, Getting up at daybreak, Swami Sarudananda took his morning bath from a bucket of water, which he carried himself to the bathroom. Some days he bathed in the Ganges, he always washed his own clothes after his bath, he then went to his room upstairs, changed his clothes and just sprayed his washed clothes in the sun on the roof. He would not accept any help from anybody. (coughs) Then he went to the shrine and bowed down to the master and the mother if she was in Calcutta. After that he went downstairs (coughs) to his small office and the reception room to the left at the entrance of Udmudan House and sat on a cotton mattress. He then arranged his official things. He put a blotting pad on a small low wooden desk and to the right to the desk on the mattress different stacks of letters, a container of cigarettes with a matchbox on each top, plus two small ink pots, one with ink and the other with clean water. He would wash his, the nib of his pen, no fountain pen, in the water pot and dry it with a piece of torn rag. Every day he would clean his desk and the stacks of letters with a dusting cloth. He kept a towel for wiping his perspiration. At this he had no electricity. At his left he had a Hubble bubble which was presented to him by Swami Brahmananda. All this I visualize vividly even today. Sitting calmly, calmly, he wrote the Lila prashanga for hours together and from to time, Lila prashanga means Ramakrishna's biography, divine play, and from time to time rubbed his chin slowly with the back of his left hand. Sometimes he stressed his leg on the mattress but without leaving his seat. As a result, in later years, the circulation of his leg was greatly impaired and they would sometimes tremble. Between writing sessions, he drank tea and smoked his Hubble bubble. This was his method of giving himself a break to think and rest. During tea time in Udbuddham, he took tea with others. Swami Shardandha never took his lunch before 1.30 pm as he was so busy with writing. He did not have his lunch with others. After lunch, he would take a little rest for an hour and a half on the mattress in his office. In the afternoon, he washed his mouth and again started to write Lila Prashango. Again, during tea time, he took tea with us. Before the vesper for service, Swami Sarodhananda would wind up his office. He arranged his files and letters in such a beautiful way. It seemed his every action was perfect. Then the devotees would arrive and they would discuss various topics. We observed in those gatherings that everyone was a speaker, but Swami was mainly a listener. Sometimes he would answer questions of the devotees. Occasionally he would go to Math and stay for a couple of days. He spoke calmly. He could write English and Bengali correctly and his Ponchu pronunciation of Sanskrit English and Bengali was perfect. His life and actions remind us that his very nature was perfect. Sometimes if the ideas do not come he would put his hand this is portion, he would rub his chin like this that Swami said, we used to watch him, that here is an illumined soul, Nuwara Brahman, a direct disciple of Sri Ramakrishna, he is writing the biography. He once told this monk, it is is not easy to write Ramakrishna's life, people do not get command from God. So one day this Swami Swami challenged Bhumananda, Maharaj you have started writing Ramakrishna's life, did you get the command? That is nothing of your business. (laughs) Later on when Ashita Nanda insisted, he said, I have not written anything in this book which I have not experienced. To write about the tantra sadhana of Sri Ramakrishna, he practiced tantra. He had nirvikalpa Samadhi, then he explained what nirvikalpa Samadhi is. Please remember that book is coming from, a, from an illumined soul, from the experience. It is not from intellectual matter. Then he told about that what are the difficulties he had during writing that book, Holy Mother was living upstairs, Sharadananda says, <coughs> along with Radu, mother's niece. I was surrounded by devotees, and I had to keep the accounts also. The burden of the loan for the house was on me. He took 11,000 rupees loan in 1909 to build mother's house. Holy Mother was homeless. She used to go, stay in rented houses, many places, so he had a desire. How shall, but he took the loan, how shall I pay the loan? He does not earn money, so he started to write the life of Sri Ramakrishna to pay the loan. <coughs> I used to write the Lila Poshanga, sitting in the small room downstairs, then nobody dared to talk to me. As I had no time to chat for a long time, if anybody would ask anything, I would say, be quick and finish the talk briefly. People would think that I was egotistic. I could not write much about the devotees except Gop- Gopalma and Bibi Karnando. Because there was so much material to write about the Master, when the mind was ready, only then I could write. Holy mother said, Only Sharot can carry my burden, none else. It happened in Dokshinishwa. One day Sri Ramakrishna was pacing, all of a sudden he came and sat Shami Sharudananda's lap. He was a college student. So people are very curious in asking, Master, why you did these things? I was just checking that how much burden he can carry. (laughs) What did he do? The whole responsibility of the Ramakrishna order is on his shoulder. Nearly 30 years. Ramakrishna mission was started in 1897 and the Swami died in 1927. 30 years he was carrying the whole Ramakrishna order on his shoulder. And the monks and the responsibilities, over and above, Holy Mother. Holy Mother's relatives, nieces. I, I wrote something very interesting way. In India sometimes you say jhaka Muja. jhaka means the porter who carry the load on their head. I have seen heavy load. From the train station, they put the vegetables and other things, you know, and they run to the shelter station I saw in there is a called Kole market. They run and they shout, don't stand in my way, I am running!" Said, these people are, what is this spare and heavy load on their head. Their necks are strong, legs are strong, body is very powerful. So Swami be described, just like that kind of physical form he had, strong body, strong neck, carrying that heavy load and running. You know sometimes a little responsibility, oh I cannot do it, I cannot do it, I cannot do it. We get scared to take the responsibility. Sharadananda demonstrated how to carry, take the responsibility. It is very touching life, I tell you frankly. Jesus said about Saint Peter, Upon this rock I will build my church. Sharadananda, in his previous birth, was a disciple of Christ. That's what Sri Ramakrishna said. Sharad Shoshi, Rishi Krishna, Dalel Lok. Sharad, Saradananda and Shoshi Ramakrishna, they belong to the group of Jesus Christ. So people think that in his previous incarnation, he was Saint Peter. There is a beautiful story of Saint Christopher. He was a demon and very powerful man, but he was very afraid of God. So he went to a holy person he was a, just like a demonical body, very big body and strong. So he went for a spiritual instruction from a monk. He said, I want to give my life to solve human beings. Well, if there is a shallow river, very tremendous current. There is no bridge. You carry human beings and help them to carry the other side of the river. So when people would come, he said, sit on my shoulder and you used to carry them. So one day a little boy came and said, I want to go to the other side, sit on my shoulder. So he carried, in the middle of the river, he gave so much pressure that as if he was going to collapse. He was gasping, 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 but with a tremendous determination he crossed the river and dropped that little boy on his shoulder, on the ground and said, your weight is just like the whole earth, weight of the earth whole weight of the world, then the little boy said, Christopher, you have carried not only the world, the the whole earth, you have carried the creature of the earth also, it was Jesus Christ, so that is the reason he got Saint Christopher, his story was written by Romarola, in his famous book Jean Christophe, he got Nobel Prize in that book in 1915, it is a beautiful book, Jean Christophe, it has been translated into English, there he put this story at the end, how to carry, I am the gatekeeper. Gatekeeper job is not a very comfortable job. You will have to be alert all the time. Hmm? As you have seen, the rich people in our country, the gatekeeper with huge uniform, with perhaps stick or you know weapon in hand, protect the the owner of the house and for the strangers he will have to stop them at the gate. So here is a of Brahman is a gatekeeper, protecting Holy Mother. Sometimes he would make the time, this time you can visit him. She, mothers, if mother was sick, visitor, visitors are not allowed. So one day one young man came and he wanted to visit Holy Mother. Mother's health is not good, you cannot go. I shall go. So he came got up from his room, he st- he stopped him on the on the near the staircase. And this young man elbowed him and just went upstairs and visited the mother and said, Mother, I want my initiation. Mother said all right. <laughs> then he said, Mother, I did these things. Believe just big apology to he, from him, then the other boy also then he pushed him and went and visited a mother and then he came and apologized. You will not have to apologize. this type of longing is necessary to see God that you elbowed me down on the on the, here's the general, He's a disciple of Ramakrishna, Jan Secretary, elbowed down on the step. And this young man went and saw the mother and what kind of humility he had. If you and me, perhaps we shall hit you with the blue. <laughs> How much humility! Amazing. A, a gentleman came and said, Who, who are you? Well, I'm a gatekeeper here. Then he went to the office and talking with that. He said, He is Jiv Shami the General Secretary of the Ramakrishna But he said, He is the gatekeeper. Oh, he talks like that, you know. He, he, wants, to, uh, he wants to hide himself. In monastic life, There are three obstacles. Three desires control all these people. Desires. How many desires we have? Hundreds and thousands. But actually, only three desires are controlling this whole world. Lokushana, Putrisana, Bitrisana, Sarveva Isana, In the Vidyatar, Nukupanisha says Putrisana, desire for prjini, sex. Bitrisana, desire for money. Lokushana, desire for name and fame. These are the three desires are controlling this whole world. We will have to all other little, little desires, desire for desire, home, car, all are incorporated in the money. So, this person is completely free from desires. No desire for, prajini or money or name and fame. Only that person can be illumined. It was his birthday, he went to Belurmot and some monks, they came and put a garland around his neck and he was telling the people, ''Hari, I'm a gatekeeper, it does not look good that you put a garland around my neck.'' The people will laugh that a gatekeeper has a garland. It's a cheap menial job and you put a garland around me. He was an ideal karma yogi, sthita prigga. Sthita parikga means man of state wisdom. Na priya priya is prishataha. Good and bad cannot perturb him. Nothing unperturbed. How is it possible? If somebody criticizes you or somebody tells something hard, strong to you, and you become you lose mental balance, parter, You know Sri Ramakrishna made a beautiful statement, Svater rag Jalir The anger of a holy person is just like a mark on the water, it, it, the mark immediately it, it covers, it, it goes away. So, holy person's anger does not last long. Anyhow. Okay. Then the next story I shall tell you, Swami Bodhatmananda, who was my teacher in the training center, he was the principal Swami, he told me this story. There was an urgent letter he carried from Belurma to to <coughs> Udbodhan. Udbodhan is Calcutta where Swami Sarudananda lived, Maharaj, here is an urgent letter for you, he was smoking his Hubble bubble, he put his pipe, then he took his scissors, he opened the envelope, opened the letter, read it, put it again into the envelope, put it on his desk, in his office there is no table chair, cross-legged on a carpet, and a small desk like this in front, then he put the letter back and then he started to smoke, do you know what I learned from that, I learned this man stays in God, for the sake of his work he brings down, he does the work and again he goes back to God, How is it possible? A person's mind dwells in God, for the sake of God's work, he comes and does some work, and then again he goes back to God. I, I in in this in this book, other book, I shall talk about it. The, what is the position of the human mind? When you meditate, when you practice, first down and don't just start meditation, just tell mind where you are, first talk to your mind, tell me where you are, what are you thinking, I am going to meditate, I am going to think of the Lord right now, where are you? You will find mind is moving here at that time. The working place of the mind is between the eyebrows and the resting place of the mind is in the heart so you will find mind is moving generally our mind goes through the eyes various places when you sit for meditation you will find boom 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 mind is going out it goes through the eyes no no just sit stop stop going out stop the outgoing tendency of the mind then you will start meditation then you can start meditation so he was talking about it that Satiya Stita Ninda Stuti mauni, Mani, praise his mind is even praise and blame, honour and dishonour, unperturbed. Then one Swami, I, didn't, I, 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 I never met him, Shami Atma Prabhu, he was a revolutionary, fighting against the British, so his name was in the government, that he was a revolutionary, but he became a monk, so still the police will come and check the monastery, that still he is, he, he is involved in the <coughs> revolutionary movement or not, so Swami Saradananda had to go to the government the commissioner, police commissioner of Calcutta, just to convince them that this man is no more involved in the revolutionary movement, he has renounced and became a monk, please don't police again. So he went there and the police, he is a British, he talked, Swami on the standing, he did not even ask him to sit down. And, so, and he went with this revolutionary monk with him, so he talked to the police the police commissioner. Then he came back. The monk was very much upset Maharaj, for you, for me, you have been humiliated by this police commissioner, even he did not have any show any courtesy to give you a chair to sit down. I am so sorry for you, for me, that you have been so much humiliated. Swami replied, who can humiliate me? I, my mind dwells in Sri Ramakrishna, nobody can humiliate me. Then Swami, one Swami wrote about how he reconciled some kind of friction among the monks. It was in 1920 in Banaras. We have two ashramas in Banaras, monastery and the hospital. So these two centres have some kind of friction. So Swami Sharadananda went there and he asked all the monks, Forget what has happened in the past. Learn how to forgive and forget and ignore these petty things in the working field. Develop faith and reciprocal love and work wholeheartedly for the Master. Forget this kind of gossip and bickerings, forget. You have come to dedicate your life to Sri Ramakrishna and work for Him. It is not good to live in the monastery with harboring kind of ill-feeling among yourselves." Then with folded hands he told these young monks, tears came from his eyes and all are moved, and all are united. His humility humbled all monks and brought them together. You see, some people rule the order through politics. Some people ruled as a dictator through ego. Some people rule through morality and ethics. Some people rule through spirituality. So Ramakrishna's disciples ruled, managed the whole order through spiritual power, with humility, with love. You see, he's an administrator, but look his approach. Easily he could throw away anybody from the order. He has supreme power. No. If you want to do any great things in your life, you need three things. First, do you feel? Feeling is very, very important. Second, if you feel, did you find out a way to solve that problems? Third, if you know, if you can find out this solution, will you be able to hold it till you die? These three things are very, very important. Feeling the way out to accomplish that action and third, you will have to stick to it, all through your life, all three qualities were with him. Swamiji told him, you see, suppose you complain against another monk, if I make a judgment if you are not right, I will have to hear the other monk's version also, if you want to be a judge, you will have to hear both. Otherwise, hearing you, only I can make the judgment, it it is not right. So, Shami Vivekananda told him, you know, sometimes anonymous letter comes. Suppose you wrote against me, anonymous letter, complaining against me or slandering against me, they? they are watching me 60 years, my character, they know very well. They will see, Anonymous later, but if it is a written, if it is a statement, then you will have to tell that what you have seen That is the way it goes. So he was, Ji told him, hmm? beautiful, e de, ta be. na shune, be na. Listen through one ear and pass through the other, without knowing fully that that person did make a <coughs> mistake or did something wrong? Then you take action. Otherwise, these people, dedicated people, they have come. And sometimes they make some mistakes. That does not mean that you, you will have to throw him out. Throw him out. It happened one day. Somebody, one monk, the the trustees decided that he should be out. Then some shivamund said. You people are complaining against this person, against this young man. Does he have one good quality or not? I want to hear. Well, yes, he has one. This is his good side. Then he will stay. <laughs> you see, you are a great Shadu, learned, deeply spiritual. You worship the Lord with 16 items. I worship 10 items. He worship with 5 items. According to our capacity, we are worshipping the Lord. He cannot worship sixteen items. That doesn't mean he is bad. All people <laughs> <laughs> are. <doing. laughs> he can't see. So he can worship sixteen items. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I should put that thing on me. <laughs> I can worship 16 items also. I did it in Hollywood. (coughs) (laughs) three years I did Kali Puja in Hollywood. I did all 16 items worship. He was a mother figure in the Ramakrishna order. If anybody has no place to go, come, stay with me. I shall give you food and I shall give you a place to stay. You see, dear, do you know what is the problem? Problem is the friction of the ego. All problems, Somebody, I think, Sarbhananda, Aswami, Brahmananda, Maharaj, why do we have so much problems? Friction among the monks. Brahmananda replied, because you do not love Sri Ramakrishna. If you have love for the master, there will be no friction. Do you know how do I look at it? Here is an aeroplane, there is a jet stream nearly 40,000 feet above. Why? Because their air is very light and the plane can take speed 600 miles per hour, 35, 40,000 feet above. That is called jet stream. But in 10,000 feet above, you cannot give that speed because your air is very heavy. For the reason plane takes oh up and then it goes. I remember our Concorde, from Washington D.C. to London, two and a half hours, 6,000 miles, 1500 miles per hour retrials. 4,000, near two and a half hours it will go. Breakfast Washington, D.C., in London. <laughs> Why? Speed. So similarly, the more your mind goes to the higher plane, less friction. The lower plane, tremendous friction. Ego plane, lower plane, friction, friction. That is the way it works. All ego. I understand better than you. And you say, I understand better than you. That is what is. <laughs> But these people say, be humble. A woman devotee wrote a letter, Swami, you initiated me, but I, have, I am so busy in household work, <coughs> cooking, cleaning, taking care of the children, I have no time for meditation. So the Brahma Swami's secretary he was smiling, reading that letter. You are smiling? Write to her. My sweet child, it is all right, you have no time. I shall henceforth, I shall meditate for you and I shall repeat mantra for you. What a guru he was. Just think of that. He had tremendous love and respect for the women. He would, later on, of course, in Udbuddhan, later it, electricity came. During Holy Mother's time, no electricity, But in late 20s, electricity came. So in his room, there is electricity. Those women, devotees came for Prasad, please come and stay in my room. There is a fan. If you have children, put them on my bed. She's unthinkable for us. So much love, respect for the women. He saw Divine Mother in all women. That he wrote in his Bharata Shakti Puja. I saw the Divine Mother in all women. Amazing. Another story we learned, we heard from Swami, Asheshananda. After lunch, taking a little rest, Swami. Left the, left the monastery and his attention, on followed him, why are you with me, go back, no I want to go with you, alright let us go, he took a tram car, stopped a place, a Sindhi devotee was dying from tuberculosis and he wanted to see that devotee. He did not take attention because tuberculosis is a contagious disease. So he wanted to take his own risk. So he went there, this Brahmachari, young Sadhu, he also followed him and that devotee, he was so happy, the dying person, gave an apple to Swami, Swami ate that apple and you see this Brahmachari was thinking, Shh, is it tuberculosis? Then he said, later he said that, you know, whom, if you give, somebody gives you something with love, if you eat, it will not do any harm to you. Anyhow, he said what a gigantic heart he had for the poor, for the sick. Shami Puman on the road, that he, Holy Mother used to live. Sometimes in Kamathai and Kualpara and sometimes in Calcutta, he, she loved that village. Because Calcutta she was I mean, bound in that small place, you know. But in Jarambati she was a village girl, she so that is her birthplace, she can move freely without veil, in Calcutta with veil, you know. <laughs> so his mother has high fever, suffering and her hand was burning. So Shardhananda went there. It was summer, perspiring. He, she took, he took mother's two hands and lifted. He was a big body and big belly, you know. So it was perspired. If you were perspired, your body would be cool. So he lifted his shirt and T-shirt and put mother's two hands on his, on his upper abdomen. And mother, oof, what, cool, 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 very peaceful. Then he realized that Samish Arudananda was giving her relief. You know, sometimes, do you know how you feel? You say, I love you, I love you, I love you, which means nothing sometimes. Do you feel these people demonstrated how to love? Which is extremely important. Modern <coughs> Mukhamukhi. How if, when the danger came, when the face of death, how to face it? Somebody asked, did you have any kind of things? Yes, my first time I had this experience on the Mediterranean Sea, when I was going from India to England, the whole ship was in the storm and it was about to sink, but well, the, all the white people, westerners, and they started to cry and cry and cry. But I was thinking of the Lord, I did not cry. What will happen? That will happen. Crying will not solve the problem. But gradually the storm subsided. He says that in my first experience, another experience he said, he was going to Kashmir by horse carriage, and all of a sudden the carriage, <coughs> the horse, the carriage overturned, and it was a slope. And he knew he knew that if, that's it. I'll be several thousand feet below in the in the gorge. But luckily, that wheel of the car was stuck with a tree and I jumped and the carriage driver also fell down and it was during the British period, I am talking about 1898 to that time, he also fell down and the horses, both horses died and he was cut and bruises but at that time I was thinking death is almost inevitable. He was telling about his experience that how he faced death. Well another time I was going from Calcutta to Belurumat by boat and the boat was under storm and some water was coming inside, but I was smoking Hubble bubble and Dr. Kanjilal was with me <coughs> and Dr. Kanjilal and people on the all passengers are there all crying and they're all Scared. Swami just kept quiet and smoking. Then the doctor, his friend, took his cup where the smoke and the tobacco is, threw away into the Ganges. Then Swami said, You did not say anything and you were just one part sitting here? Well, if I shout, will the storm stop? <coughs> then he asked the boatman, the sail you remove the 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 rope of the sails of the of the of the sail then let the wind pass because you're holding the wind that is the reason that I don't know. I was a village so I know how to sail goes, they hold it. And the wind goes and the boat goes with the speed. So if you leave you lose the rope then the car, the boat, the wind will not be able to disturb your boat too much. That is said, that is the way the solution came. He said that is another time it happened. Manit, what I want to say that a Brahma Gopurush, a noir Brahman, is unperturbed in all circumstances. In our day to day life, little things disturb us so much. <coughs> Then he told his story, live story. It was in, most probably early 1890s, he was in Rishikesh and they went to Nilukanto Shiva temple. While returning, it was evening, they lost the way. That place was infested with tigers. So what he did? He told Shamish, Turiyananda also was there. You go this direction, I shall go this direction. Because if both were there, if the tiger attacks, both we shall be eaten up. So at least you go this way, I shall go this way. <laughs> <laughs> so he went there and he found an empty place and he sat there and meditated whole night. Sharadananda came back to the cottage. He tried, the villagers, to find out, Believe, with a lantern, please go, they shouted here and there, could not find him. Then early in the morning they found that he was seated on the top of a rock whole night, completely immersed in deep meditation on Lord Shiva. If death is inevitable, what shall I do? Let it come. If God wants to me wants me to live, I shall live. If God wants me to die, I shall die. Complete self-surrender. You know, when we read these stories, it will teach us that how to face inevitable things in our day to day life. He was very humorous, time to time. Some Jebuchees were, were um, Durga Puja, many devotees came in Nilambar Babu's house to bow down Holy Mother and Golapma was controlling the crowd. Golapma was telling, hey, be quick, be quick, so many people are on the line. So one man fell at mother's feet, touching, you know, does not want to lift his head. And Saradananda said, Golapma, don't disturb him. He must bow down and pray to the mother his desires. He is now praying, Bhajang Manuramang Dehi, give me a beautiful wife. <laughs> and that man, how is it, and he simply ran away. <laughs> Even mother also laughed. <laughs> Very humorous. Swamiji also sometimes used to scold him. Ha! rock rogthu. There is kind of fish that we call it, it grows on the sand, it has very little blood, only a lot of flesh. But it never becomes heated. But I scolded you, you are never heated. Money is, it does not return. Ha! a buddhi, your buddhi, your intellect is just like a pinch. Then, he did not say anything, he was drinking tea, Swamiji said, whoosh, I scolded he did not respond to anything, what can I do, then Swamiji was asking some suggestion, brother you already told me that you have a pinch intellect, so why are you asking me? (laughs) 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 Satake means very little. But like you put your intellect into, into the bank and then it will accrue interest, you see, <laughs> <laughs> then it will be You people have this kind of intellect. Swamiji, do you know what Swamiji is the word? Your heart, what is in your heart? <laughs> Making some noise, you know, <laughs> you have no feeling.
1: <laughs> that is the way was
0: scolding them. <laughs> and your intellect, your heart is dhugdukhi and brain is chhataki. Chhataki means one sixteenth of a shear, you know. Char chhataki agpua, char pua one shear, four shears equivalent to one pound. So it is just it is just one grain of intellect you have. (laughs) That's what she said. Another story I shall tell you. Shami, Ji told you all this story. It was nineteen twenty-two. He went to show Shami Brahman of the Maharaj. I want the bhau of Brahmacarya. First bhau. In our order, if you want to be a monk, it takes nine nine years first year pre-professional, two years professional, after three years, two years training, after five years, first bow. Then again four years, then you will get okar cloth. after nine years. So he wanted the first bow. The Maharaj said, I cannot give you bow but you will have to pay 108 rupees. Maharaj I am a poor Brahmacharya, shall I get money? I can tell you where you will get money. You work for Swami Sarodhananda, he is General Secretary of the Ramakrishna Vajar, he has lot of money and he sells books. You go and ask money from him. Then another Brahmachari came, I want Brahmacharya. You want Brahmacharya? Yes. Not free. You are from Midnapur district. Can you give me an... Can you dance like a Odishi dance, I Odisha, a special kind of dance. Can you dance for me?" So that, that brahmachari... <laughs> that brahmachari dance. Maharaj says, All right, grand judge. <laughs> 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 then, Swami Asya ji returned to Udvodan and told Sharadananda what Brahmananda said. Well, you go back and tell that Shardhananda is your servant. All money of Shardhananda, all money of Ramakrishna order belongs to you. You are the president of the order. So tell Maharaj, Shardhananda and all money of Udbodhan belong to you. So again you went to Math, the other side of the Ganges, and reported to Maharaj. Maharaj says, Oh, empty words. <laughs> you cannot befool me. Empty words, I do not believe it. Have you brought anything written from (laughs) said No. Go back. (laughs) I shall not give to Brahmacharya. Then again he came back (laughs) to the other side of the Ganges and told Sardhananda, Sardhananda said, all right, tomorrow you go with me, I shall talk to Maharaj. The next day he went and then his Brahmacharya was granted. (laughs) (laughs) how the disciples play among themselves. (laughs) 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 That's, that is tonight. I have once an announcement, We published a new book recently, it came out, See God with Open Eyes. I brought one dozen, those who wish you can buy that book. This book, perhaps you can see our website, it is a very interesting book. Meditation on Ram form, meditation on Ramakrishna's mind, meditation on Ram divine qualities, meditation on Ram divine play, meditation on Ram service to humanity, meditation on the places of Ramakrishna's divine play, Ramakrishna's teachings on meditation, Ram Krishna's prayer, Ram scripture, history of the Ram Krishna Lila Prashanga history of the Ram Krishna Gospel. Krishna and Ramakrishna on Meditation, Dokshinishar and Abode of Bliss, the Magnitude of Ramakrishna's Life and Message, Meditation on the New Year, Blessed Meditation, and Imaginary Interview with Ramakrishna, a New Religion Begins. So it is our new book and Swami Tadatmananda made the painting, the Swami who made this painting, that Swami, is an American Swami, he passed away a few years ago, Swami Tadatmananda in Trubuko. so. I brought one, uh, one dozen copies, if you wish you can, uh, and I shall be glad to give autograph. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, I, I, it was a nice thing to hear that these stories of these great families, how they lived, direct disciples of Ramakrishna. Beautiful.